Greetings and welcome to the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast series. Podcast episodes are available on VHHA.com and on popular podcast hosting apps including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, and many others. Episodes of the podcast also air each Saturday at noon and Sunday at 10 a.m. on 100.5 FM, 92.7 FM, and 820 a.m. across Central Virginia. Please send any questions, comments, or feedback to PCFpodcast at VHHA.com. Again, that's PCFpodcast at VHHA.com. And since 2021 is an election year in Virginia, we're doing a special podcast podcast spinoff series, we've invited every declared statewide candidate for the offices of governor, lieutenant governor, and attorney general to participate and speak with healthcare voters about their campaign and ideas. Today, we're pleased to be joined by Virginia Senator Amanda Chase. She is a mother, wife, a small business owner, a legislator, and she's currently running for the Republican nomination for governor of Virginia. And with that brief introduction, welcome to the program, Senator Chase. Well, thank you for having me. I mean, look forward to answering all the questions you may have. We have a lot to talk about regarding health care. Absolutely. Well, let's get right into it. I just gave a brief bio of you, Senator Chase, but I'm sure that just scratches the surface. So if there's anything else you'd like our listeners to know about yourself or your qualifications, feel free to share that and then also make your case for why you consider yourself the best candidate on the Republican side for governor for the nomination. Yes. You know, I'm a wife, I'm a mother. I've my husband and I have four adult children now, and uh, we've grown up, both of us in Bonnie or Virginia, right here in Chesterfield County since we were kids. In fact, my husband and I grew up in the same neighborhood, and we love Virginia. And, you know, what I would say that I bring to the table, it sets me apart of all the other candidates, and there are seven of us running now. Number one is that voting records do matter. And I am the only candidate seeking the Republican nomination for governor that has a lifetime conservative voting record that you can trust. And I like to say promises made, promises kept. You know, I voted against every single tax increase, every single fee increase. I've always voted for liberty. I have the highest score, according to the Virginia Tea Party, for freedom in the entire Virginia Senate and House. And I believe that even in a pandemic, and since we're talking about health care, Let's just focus on that. You know, I've sat on the Senate Health and Education Committee for four years. I sat on the subcommittee for COPM reform, and that might be foreign language to other people, but really, I know the issues. I understand health care and those issues that are important to Virginia and even past the Health Care Transparency Act, which creates greater transparency when people have elective surgery. They can now and this legislation has actually gone into effect, they can actually shop around for elective surgeries with our hospitals who are now required to give their patients an estimated cost of services. That's my legislation that I sponsored was signed into law, even by Democratic governor. So I would say, you know, I've been an effective legislator and was actually able to get reelected. And of course, we know when we're looking for a candidate for governor, we want one that, number one, promises made, promises kept, but also one that can be elected. And I've done that twice. And of all seven candidates, there's only two of us who have been elected in a general election. And I'm thankful to be one of those. Hi, I'm Catherine Gilley, VHHA Director of Advocacy Engagement. They say there's an election every year in Virginia, and 2021 is no exception. In November, voters will choose Virginia's next governor, lieutenant governor, attorney general, as well as district representatives for all 100 seats in the House of Delegates. Before that, though, there are party nominating contests this spring. On May 8th, Republicans will hold an unassembled convention with voting locations across the state to elect nominees for the three statewide offices. Participating in the process requires people to apply to be convention delegates with their local GOP unit. Delegates will cast ranked choice ballots to determine the nominees. 
Then one month later, on June 8th, voters will select Democratic nominees for statewide offices in a primary election open to all registered voters. That same day, voters from both parties will determine nominees in House of Delegates district races with intra-party contests. Visit the Virginia Department of Elections website to learn more about upcoming elections. And with those important elections on the calendar, your contribution to HOSPAC, VHHA's Political Action Committee, is more important than ever to support candidates who will work to improve healthcare in Virginia and support the critical work of hospitals and health systems. Any contribution, small or large, helps. Please visit vahospac.com to contribute. That's V-A-H-O-S-P-A-C dot com to contribute. Thanks. As you know, the Commonwealth in recent years has taken on many healthcare policy issues from improving access and addressing affordability through a law ending surprise medical bills, the recent approval of a reinsurance program you mentioned, your legislation on getting a good faith estimate, policies and actions to respond to the COVID pandemic, and so much more. Looking ahead, if you were elected governor, how would you leverage the authority of that office to further advance and reform the healthcare system in Virginia? For one, let me just tell you a little bit about my history. You know, I led the fight in the Senate against expanding Medicaid. And I think it's very important for that single fact. You know, I believe that health insurance doesn't necessarily guarantee good health care. And so I really want to make sure I differentiate between that. You know, Medicaid was designed to help those with intellectual disabilities and developmental disabilities. And, you know, with Virginia, we've expanded that to people who initially they were adding able-bodied people to that requirement. And I think what we're seeing is that you have more people that are signing up for that program than they anticipated and the astronomical costs associated with those who have signed up, typically who are sick, many of them have signed up for Medicaid. And so I have friends who are administrators for the Medicaid implementation here in Virginia. And they've told me, Amanda, this is not sustainable. This is not affordable, especially after we lose those federal subsidies. And so one of the things that I have done is sound the alarm bell back whenever we had that option and it was on the table. I am very concerned about that obligation to the state for Medicaid expansion. And I believe it's one of the top issues that we are going to have to address here in Virginia. How are we going to pay for that? I've never supported Medicaid expansion. I have supported Medicaid 50-50, which we've had to help those that I just mentioned a minute ago. But healthcare, you know, we have to do more to encourage private companies to get involved in healthcare and helping their employees and the private insurance industry. I think it helps to take the burden off of Medicaid and those types of things. We have to do everything that we can to make healthcare more affordable. And I have been all for more transparency and allowing that competition. One of the things that we've talked about in one of our committees that has to do with healthcare is making sure that we do have competition when it comes to certificate of public need. We have to be careful in some of the more rural areas that we protect our hospitals out in more rural regions to keep them open. But there are areas where we can introduce more competition and allow the free market to drive down some of the costs that other states surrounding us have successfully been able to do. And I will continue to advocate for more competition. I think it lowers the cost of health care and ultimately to the taxpayer. It lowers their cost of health care, which I think is 
first and foremost. I know for a family like ours, we have six of us in our family, four children who are all adult children now. We just have one left on our family budget, if you will. But it's expensive to have a family and to have a large family and healthcare for many families is so much a part of the decision we make on whether we accept employment with one particular company over another just because healthcare is so expensive. And I know families who are paying thousands of dollars each month just to have access to healthcare. And so that's one of the top issues as Virginia's next governor that I will address. How do we provide healthcare, a quality healthcare at a more affordable cost to the taxpayer? And it's interesting the point you made about the cost on families because that has been one of the biggest drivers of rising healthcare costs is health insurance premiums, which have just been on an upward trajectory year after year, going back more than a decade now. So that is an ongoing issue. And as I mentioned, uh, the legislature looked to take some action in that regard with respect to a reinsurance program this year, but certainly more work to do there. Senator Chase, if people want to learn more about you and your candidacy, is there a website or social media accounts that you direct them to to find out more about you and, and potentially get engaged? Yes, chaseforvirginia.com, chaseforva.com, and there is all types of information. My voting record is on there, which I think really differentiates me from all other candidates right now, and this race for the Republican nomination with seven candidates. I just can't emphasize that enough. A lot of candidates talk a big game, but what have they actually done and what is their record? You know, really, I'm the only candidate running with that record that you can trust. And I look forward to challenging the Democrats on some of their issues, whichever Democrat candidate manages to emerge this coming June. I think it's going to be a very competitive race. And I believe that I'm going to be the best candidate to be able to discuss those issues. And if it's Terry McAuliffe, and if it's myself, you look, we both know the issues. We understand how the General Assembly works. We understand those issues and are going to be able to have a really healthy, intelligent discussion on how to improve health care for all Virginians. And we should mention, as you pointed out, the Democratic candidates will, the nominees for those three statewide offices will be determined in a June 8th primary election. For the Republican candidates, the nominees will be chosen in an upcoming May 8th unassembled convention, which is being held in locations across the Commonwealth. And people who wanted to be involved in that needed to register as delegates to participate in that, and that's by rank choice voting. So that's how the Republican nominees will be selected, and then a month later, how the Democratic nominees will be selected. And so, Senator Chase, to close out the podcast, uh, I'm going to ask you a fun personal question that we pose to all of our guests on VHHA's Patients Come First podcast. It's this, if you were stranded on a deserted island, what one book, one album, and one movie would you take with you to keep yourself company? We will spot you a copy of the religious text of your choice. So other than that, (laughs) what are your three entertainment survival kit picks? Well, I tell you, you know, I am a Christian conservative Republican, and my favorite book is the Bible. I mean, bar none. And, you know, I'm a workaholic. I need to get in the habit of relaxing more and, and watching good movies. I've always liked the sound of music, and that might sound kind of cheesy, but... That's a classic I, I really movie. Like Doe, a deer, a female deer, Ray, a drop of golden sun, me. It is a classic movie, and it's a more relaxing time, so to speak, and uh, it reminds me why we don't need socialism in this country, quite honestly. And then, uh, let's see, you said a book, a movie, and what was the other thing? Album is the third. An album. Guess, did we see if one had albums? 
Oh, gosh, I'll have to think about that one. Um, I don't know. <laughs> well, we can give you a pass and just uh, go with those two. <laughs> gosh, I tell you, you know, whenever I'm awake, it seems like I'm always working. And so there's not a lot of time for extracurricular activities. But uh, I do enjoy being at the beach. And when I get some downtime and I, after this convention, I'm looking forward to having some saltwater therapy and it being completely quiet with no noise. <laughs> <laughs> Just the seagulls and the waves. That's my favorite music. <laughs> well, sounds good. Well, on that note, I want to thank you for being with us today and for taking some time out of a busy campaign schedule. And that is going to bring us to the close of another episode of the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast. If you like what you heard, please make sure to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe so that you know when new episodes are available. And we want to once again thank our guest, Senator Amanda Chase, who is seeking the Republican nomination for governor of Virginia. So thanks for being with us. Well, thanks for having me, Julian. 